So we are continuing in our series in Colossians. We are getting very close to the end. Um, I think we've got one more that we're going to do next week. Um, and we'll wrap all this up. Um, we did a little bit of jumping around, and so we're actually going back a little bit um, to uh, passages in uh, the end of chapter 3 and uh, the first verse of chapter 4. We were talking about these earlier, and you'll remember um, when we were when we were talking about this before, we put it within the context of verse 17 of chapter 3. Um, we, were, we were talking about uh, the rules for Christian household. And so uh, Paul was writing to wives and to husbands and talking about the different roles that there are within uh, the, the family unit there. And, and, um, and today we are going to continue on looking at some of those rules and authority uh, roles that, that God has established. And, uh, uh, and, and I, I, I see these as just very crucial teachings for us, especially in this day and age. And we're going to get into that a little bit more about uh, how, how important our attitudes towards authority should be. We live in a world where authority figures have taken advantage of their position time and time again. That, that, they, that they take those roles that they have been um, given and they have oppressed and abused, uh, they have been corrupted, um, they have lacked integrity, in so many different ways. And that happens on a, a national level with national governments. Uh, we see that in the global setting, in, in, in um, uh, global kinds of uh, figures that, that have reached beyond national borders. Uh, we see that all the way down into municipal governments. We see that happening in families. We see that happening in churches. It is a, a failing of human nature, part of our sinfulness. That, that infamous saying, power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts, absolutely. There is just something within humans, in our own sinfulness, in our pride, that when we have opportunities of being in authority, in positions of power, that often we will just take advantage of those for ourselves, for our own benefits. And because there is this tendency in, in human nature to abuse positions of authority, I think it has become quite reasonably the perspective of many people that authority is bad. That authority is inherently evil. And so we see in our, in our day and age, in our culture around us, there are all kinds of movements to try and, 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 and undermine authority. To get rid of authority figures because there's this feeling like authority is inherently evil. 
uh, to, to try and, and uh, uh, skew the, the, the scales of, of justice in the favor of those who are oppressed. And, you know, critical race theory is part of all of that. I'm trying to see, rather than seeing individuals as valuable as their own, the, the identity of a person is more about the, the groups that they are a part of. The, uh, their are groups that have been either oppressed or have been oppressors. And therefore judging them based on all of that. I want to tell you here this morning, that authority is God's gift to humanity. There's a lot of people that are going to disagree with that. But time and time again, we see scriptures teaching that authority is God-ordained. And, and, and we've seen that already here in Colossians. In Colossians chapter 1, in that marvelous description of the nature and character of Jesus, where it talks about he is the visible image of the invisible God, and so on and so forth. That, that it's just so clear that Christ is divine through Paul's description of him. There is that passage in verse 16 of chapter 1, which we cannot ignore and must look at closely. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him. So Jesus is the source of authority. Jesus is the one who has established thrones and rulers and authorities. But not only were they created through him, but they were created for him. Authority figures in this world bring honor and glory to Jesus. You know how? Because they give us a picture of God. That God, as the Trinity, has existed through all eternity past and will exist through all eternity future. As God the Father, who delegates authority and responsibility to the Son. The Son who submits himself to the authority of the Father. And commissions the Spirit to then go and accomplish the will and the purpose of the Father. In creation, we see God spoke, and it was. God the Father spoke, delegated that, described what he wanted to create it. And then we read here in Colossians and in other places that it was the Son who then carried that out. That the Son was the one that created all things, and anything that has been created, He has created it. That He created it through 
the power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit hovered over the waters. We see through Isaiah, through Psalms, the role of the Spirit empowering the creative acts of the Son. We see it in redemption. The Father sent the Son. Christ submitted himself to the, to the will of the Father, even unto death. And as he hung there on the cross, it was the Spirit that gave him the strength to accomplish that task. Time and time again, Jesus is described as going out in the Spirit. In our salvation, it's the Father that draws us. He calls us. We are saved to the Son, but it's the Spirit that does the work of regeneration. Each one of the members of the Trinity have a role, and, and, and there is an authoritative hierarchy that is there. And so the authorities that we see that have been established here on earth help us know God, to see what He is like. That's why authorities have been created for Christ, that they honor and glorify Him, because it gives us a picture of who He is. So as followers of Jesus, rather than being opponents of authority, God calls us to be submissive to authority, to respect those in those positions. And this passage in Colossians helps us understand that a little bit more. Let's read it together. It, it all comes within the context of Colossians 3, verse 17. And let's start reading that first. Whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. If you are going to be able to properly have a, 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 an attitude and a response to those that are in positions of authority, your only hope is to do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, because He is the one who will give you the strength to carry it out. To be able to, to follow through with these commands that I agree with you don't make a lot of sense. Are hard words for us today. That, that my <laughs> independent spirit rails against. And yet if I'm to follow Christ, this is what he is calling. So let's drop down to verse 22. Are you ready for this? Mm -hmm. Slaves, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters. Not by way of eye service or as, as people pleasers, but with sincerity. Fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from your Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. 
You are serving the Lord Christ. The wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong that he has done. And there is no partiality. Masters, treat your slaves justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. I have this boss who didn't have very good people skills. I have, I have preached other sermons about this boss, and I've used much less flattering terms for him. He was not a nice man. Um, I, I have no idea how he was as successful as he was because. Not only did he treat his us as his employees very poorly, he would rage at his clients and customers as well. He would fly into these violent, angry rages in the middle of trying to sell somebody office equipment. I don't understand how he was able to be successful, and yet <laughs> he was doing well. But he would, you know, if there was any mistake, he would kick and throw and slam stuff around, breaking material that we were using for other stuff, and just had this really terrible attitude. He was not a nice man. And we would go into the coffee room, kind of our sanctuary, where he was never allowed to come, and we would complain and criticize and undermine. I have to say, I did not follow these verses very closely when I worked for this man. My cousin Ron, though, dealt with him in a very different way. Ron was a much more skilled worker than I was. He had much more experience in everything. And, and often degree, disagreed with the boss on different things of ways things should be done. But he always had this smile on his face. He never joined in the criticism that the rest of us would, would, um, would engage in. When he did disagree with, with the boss, he would do so respectfully. He would communicate clearly. He would still be deferential to the boss, but but he would be speaking in, in, in a, a way that was, was intended to help the boss make good decisions. His, his whole desire out of that was to help the company function more effectively and support the work of the boss. Ron had a far better witness and testimony in that shop than I have. This passage speaks to us in that position of being under the authority of somebody else. Not many of us are slaves, although some of us that work, have an employment, sometimes feel a little bit like a slave, underappreciated, under-rewarded, under and all the rest of that kind of stuff. But None of us are really slaves, but we all come under the authority of somebody else, whether as an employee or, or 
even on a grander scale, uh, under the authority of, of our, our municipal governments, under the authority of, of the, the CRA, under the authority of the RCMP, under the authority of our national and provincial governments, so on and so forth. All of us are in a position of, of being submissive to somebody who's in authority over us. And this passage speaks to us in that place. That we are to obey. Are you ready? It says obey in everything. What does that include? All things. What does that exclude? Nothing. We are to obey our masters in everything. <laughs> I know all in your hearts you want, well, what about if they ask us to do something that it goes against God? Obviously, we have a greater master. But sometimes, the things that we say that are what God is calling us to, that we can disobey our masters in, are more about our own agenda, our own rights and freedoms, rather than truly what God has said, this is what you must do. And we have experienced that. And I, you know, the, Dealing with COVID has been a struggle for all of us, and there have been a broad range of responses by people in churches. And I'm still not really clear on, on whether the, the, the restrictions that the government placed on us were a contravention of God's laws, um, or, or just an infringement on our human rights and freedoms. Um, but Paul wants us to be clear. This is to follow our masters in everything. To obey them in all things. To disobey in nothing. And, and I know, you know, you, you would think, but there's some mean people out there and they do wrong things. Are we supposed to are we supposed to follow even when they are being corrupt and when they are being well yes. Who was who was in leadership when Paul wrote this? When he wrote Romans that we are to be submissive to those who are in governing authorities over us. Nero, probably. Nero was corrupt. <laughs> he was messed up, to say the least. And it's not just Paul's opinion. Peter also tells us. Should I get the reference right? Peter 2, verses 18 and 19. Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect. Here you go. Not only to the good and the gentle, but also to the unjust. Those who take advantage of
of your rights and freedoms. Those who would abuse and oppress you. Those that would deal with you in a lack of integrity. Obey in everything those who are your earthly masters. And he doesn't just leave it there. Oh, I wish that he would just leave it there. <laughs> but he didn't. He says, verse 11, not by way, oh sorry, verse 22, not by way of eye service. Not just putting on a smiley face, yes sir, whatever you say sir, and then behind under your breath, oh you are. No, not just as eye service, not just as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart. That gets down to the very core, the basis of who we are. That, that at our very essence, we're submitting, we're obeying, we're respecting. Why? Because we fear the Lord. Because we respect and honor God. Because we're not serving that unjust person. What does it say here? You are serving the Lord Christ. So when my boss was railing and kicking, and I had an opportunity to serve Christ. When we, and I, I believe this, I believe that the day is coming very quickly when we are going to be losing more than just our freedoms of not being together, but there's going to be, uh, Zoom is going to be watching us and we're not going to be able to be saying the things that we have said in our service, in, in reading scripture, even in a, in, a, in a Zoom setting, because Big Brother will be watching. And we're going to get to a place where we are going to have that kind of oppression here in our nation. And not just from governments. It's the society around us is becoming more and more disgruntled with our truth. And it's becoming harder and harder for us to be able to to be accepted by society and still hold fast to the things that we believe are true. But even when we are serving those people, when we're in that kind of a setting, where we are under that kind of oppression, like our brothers and sisters in North Korea, like our brothers and sisters in Iran, like our brothers and sisters that are in China, and in any number of these other nations where being a follower of Christ is illegal. Even there, we are serving Christ. When we are called to have a sincere heart in our submission and obedience to those who are in authority over us. get a little bit of satisfaction in verse 25. For the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong that he has done, and there is no 
partiality. God is not blind to the evil of those in power that take advantage of their power. There is a judgment. There is a reckoning for the actions that they have taken. And the Lord will deal justly. And I get a little bit of, okay, I can only die. Because I know God does things that are right. And we are in a little bit of a different situation than what Paul was writing into. When dealing with those who are in positions of authority in a governing sense, there really wasn't an opportunity for a lot of Christians and a lot of Jewish people to have a say in the government that they have over them. Um, we're in a bit of a different situation because we're as a part of a democracy. We not only have the right, we have, I would suggest, the responsibility to speak into those that are in authority over us, to, to, to have a part in the choosing of those that, that, that we are submitting ourselves to. That's a little bit different. And, and, and so we do have a responsibility to, when there are directions that our nation is going, that our municipality, our province is going, that, that we don't agree with. We have a responsibility to speak into that, to, to, to communicate clearly um, what we see as truth, is what we see as the proper direction that we should be going. But it must be done with still that respect, that submission to that role, recognizing that even though we disagree, we are still serving Christ by serving them. And being obedient to his name. So how do we do that? How do we do that? I think verse 23, 23 and 24. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord, not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. That takes us back to that verse 17. Whatever you do in word and deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Jesus will lead you. He will help you to know how to obey, how to submit, how to respond to the decisions that are being made by those who are authority over. Listen. Look to him for your help. Seek his face. Whenever you are interacting with somebody who is an authority over you, recognize that you are serving Christ. You are speaking to Christ in some ways as you speak to that person. They deserve the respect and the honor that you would give our Lord Jesus. As you interact with them. Even though they don't deserve it. Even though 
they might not respond well to that. Remember that you are serving the Lord. And if you keep your eyes on Jesus, He is the one that can give you a sincere heart. That's what He does. That's what He's so good at. Is transforming our hearts to making us a new creation that can sincerely honor and respect and love those who are in authority over us. Are you willing to allow Jesus to shape your attitudes and actions and words? Towards those who are authority over you. If you do, you will be amazed at how that changes the sincerity of your heart. Let's pray. Jesus, we need your help. We have, we have partaken of your table, of your body and your blood here this morning in faith that you change our hearts. Lord, we need your help. We need your help to draw us to that place where we will allow you to shape who we are. We need your help to create within us a sincerity of heart of love and respect for those who are in authority. We need your help to guide us to know what is the right way of submitting to that authority because it is so confusing. It's hard to know what is what is the, the right way to submit to those positions, especially when they are making poor choices, when they are dealing unjustly. And yet, Lord, we're not serving them, we're serving you by serving them. Help us to know how to do that, Lord. Let this be a people here who the world would see, who they would hear the words that we speak about those in authority over us. They would see our actions in responding to those people. And they would see you. And through that, Lord, that, that we would see more people respond to the good news of Jesus Christ and, and submit themselves to your authority and allow you to transform your heart. People. We need your help. Would you do that in our lives today? Would you do that in, in our hearts this week?
forward, Lord, as we see our, our, our society, our nation moving further and further away from you and, and trying to drag us along with it. That we would clearly live out your truth and your instructions. 